Welcome to the Back to Business podcast, a podcast to help you get back to business following disaster. I'm Megan Rogers from AWI Sheep Connect New South Wales, and today I'm joined by agricultural consultant with Home Sackett based in Wagga's Hillary Beach. Hi, Hillary. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. Oh, hi, Megan. Thanks for having me along. No worries. So in this episode of the Back to Business podcast, we take a look at the tr- tricky topic of farm infrastructure and just how to prioritise infrastructure decisions during a rebuild. A great many people have been severely impacted by the devastation of bushfire this past summer and are faced with that situation of trying to prioritise a replacement of key farm infrastructure. Hilary, let's start. If you could tell us how you'd suggest people start to plan their priorities for a rebuild. Yeah, um, definitely planning is a really key word in that one, Megan. Um, And I just want to start off by saying setting yourself up by sorting out um, your farm business cash flow is going to be a really important step to um, understanding where your peaks and troughs are going to be. Make sure your cash flow is inclusive of insurances so that um, you really understand where your um, business is positioned and then um, and then it gives you a really good base on, on where you can move from there. In terms of uh, rebuilding, rebuilding necessary infrastructure um, or infrastructure full stop, you would start by uh, looking at necessary infrastructures such as yards and sheds. Um, These uh, structures are, uh, I say, necessary because you require them to run a livestock enterprise. Um, uh, So they're they're actually a cost of running the business. Uh, They're hard to uh, analyze for a return on investment. Um, So you really need to rebuild them, keeping in mind to keep the cost as minimal as possible without introducing inefficiencies. Uh, So the key point there is adequate infrastructure to get the job done efficiently, no more uh, and no less. So Hilary, I'd imagine that depending on how much of a clean slate some people are working with, there'd have to be opportunities to review how efficient your farm operates and, and perhaps where you could tighten things up a little as an opportunity going forward. Where would you recommend people start with this and and where are you seeing people in regards to what their focus is in this space? Yes, so there are definitely, um, it's really important to identify where there were inefficiencies in the previous um, infrastructure that was in place and you really have the opportunity to um, fix these or address them. So, these might be things um, in terms of sheds or um, yards, as in yard design, uh, holding pen size, uh, race width, length and position, uh, even down to really tiny things like gate latches. Um, you know, there's nothing worse than trying to fiddle with a gate latch and the dogs, um, you know, nicked off with the sheep down the other end of the paddock in the meantime. So just those little things um, that you can do to improve the efficiency of these day-to-day activities without increasing, you know, without going into a massive um, spend up. I know that would be fun. Um, But yeah, but then on the other side, um, making sure that you do address them and that they are improving the efficiency of your business. 
yeah, that's such an important part of, you know, making sure that we stay productive and profitable. So once we've made our place stock proof, which I guess is the first thing that everybody sort of gets back down to when, when they're, um, you know, in a rebuild, particularly with, you know, devastation such as we saw in the fires, key must have infrastructure as, you know, either back in place or planned, you know, depending on what lead times are. Where do we sort of turn our attention to next in terms of, of where we can, you know, further improve our business with the opportunity that exists? Yeah, so there's, um, when you're looking at um, investments uh, on farm that are not, um, I, I guess, termed as necessary um, infrastructure or, or maybe they are, but there are certain, um, there are different ways you can, uh, address them um, and you might be looking for the best way for your business, uh, you want to look at investments that improve profitability uh, and these should be really prioritised. So uh, two investments um, that you know you would possibly look at in this realm are investments that improve past utilisation. So we know that uh, past utilisation is um, directly related to uh, farm profitability, so optimising that past utilisation. Um, so any ways that you can um, address um, areas such as fencing off um, land classes, um, etc. Um, to to improve past utilisation and you know increase um, hopefully um, carrying capacity or of of a certain area um, is likely to have a, a really good return on investment. Um, so for example, if you had an 80 hectare paddock uh, that was being really highly grazed in um, you know a southwestern corner um, and and not at all at un, um, at you know the the northwestern corner or the northeastern corner, um, then you would uh, then this is is promoting uneven um, grazing, and you might be understocking that paddock to um, to make sure you 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 know you're not damaging your um, paddocks. If you do um, fence these areas off um, and then run them at their carrying capacity, then it's likely that you'll be able to increase the stocking rates of those um, split areas, uh, increase past utilisation um, and, and hopefully increase profitability. Um, and uh, so you, you're looking at a really good return on investment um, in that scenario. Okay, so there's, there's some nice little opportunities there. Um, what about the opportunity to um, install some things like labour labour saving efficiencies, like laneways and the like. Is there are there opportunities there that we can um, you know harness to to help with the the ongoing you know profitability and you know basically leverage a little bit of ex extra out of the system by installing some of these type of um, investments? Yes, so uh, anything that's labour saving, um, because labour is an extremely high cost or one of the highest costs to any um, 
any farm business, um, I would say, then any way that you can increase labour efficiency or um, decrease the cost of labour on farm is likely to um, have a really good return on investment. Laneways um, are one of those investments that you look can look at um, to improve um, labour efficiencies and it's just um, because it really reduces um, the time, uh, say if you're looking at um, mustering of stock, uh, labour, um, you're know, adding in a laneway is likely to reduce the number of labour units required to, um, to complete that task and therefore reduce the cost of labour associated with that task. The, the reduction, um, you know, the labour saving that you um, incur from implementing those laneways is then um, divided over the total cost of um, implementing the laneway system. So say four kilometres of laneway is around $32,000 at, at $8,000 a kilometre and you save, uh, save $9,100 um, per year from having less labour attributed to that task as a result of the laneway, then you're looking at a return on investment of around 30%, just an analysis that um, we looked at today. Um, so the return on investments um, uh, can be quite high um, in, in that respect. So it's definitely something that a producer would look into. Um, there are other um, opportunities such as satellite yards um, and also implementing both. So you would go through um, and analyse the um, annual savings by implementing each of the investment um, divided by the cost of the infrastructure uh, and, then, and then rank the return on investment and that will give you um, a really good indication of what investment uh, is going to be the best for your business. There's a little bit involved in that, but it sounds like it's well worth the time spent in the office to, to have a bit of a crack at working out some of those because, you know, I guess if you've got a wish list and, um, and installing a laneway has been on your, your wish list for a long time and you've got the opportunity to, to really look into uh, putting one in, it's, it's well worth the opportunity if you've got a bit more of a clean slate than what you had beforehand. I guess something yeah. else, sorry, Hilary. Oh, I would just um, probably add to that, Megan, is that um, definitely if it is overwhelming, uh, there is a really good uh, high benefit of seeking professional help in that area because there are a lot of hidden costs. Um, sometimes things are straightforward and sometimes they're not. But um, if you do have a wish list, then uh, yes, seeking professional help, um, I would definitely recommend that. Absolutely. It sounds, um, you know, it's it's hard to to um, sometimes know where is the best place to start. And like you said, ranking those is is a pathway forward that can give people some clarity in in where they're going to be investing in in, in the you know immediate aftermath of, of such disasters. Something else that um, I'm a bit interested to to hear your thoughts on is if um, if during the bushfire someone's shelter belts have been destroyed, how can you suggest that we sort of go about mitigating against the effects of poor weather conditions during key times such as lambing and, and post shearing and things like that if, if our shelter belts have been been destroyed? Obviously yeah. they're going to take a little while to get back to, 
you know what they were before like that's a, that's a time thing yeah it's not just going to be instant um instant shelter from trees for a while that's um that's for sure um yeah so we know exposure is uh you know a key constraint to lamb survival along with starvation and mismothering and providing shelter can really increase um the uh lambing survival rates um particularly in twinning mobs um so if if your shelter belts have been destroyed and you are lambing uh, in a period where you are concerned about lamb survival due to wind chill, um, hanging, hanging hessian, uh, hessian um, material over existing uh, boundary fence lines can really provide um, or can provide adequate protection. So just over boundary fence lines, uh, rule of thumb is that a metre of uh, hessian across the fence or, you know, on the face of the fence provides about 10 metres uh, of protect protection. Um, obviously, the further out from the fence that you go, the less protection uh, is available, but um, it can really uh, assist with those who don't have the um, their normal uh, shelter uh, belts in place. Uh, for the cost of Hessian, you're looking around 70, 75 cents per metre. If you put a kilometre of Hessian over an existing fence line and increase lamb survival of 10%, you're looking at a return on investment of around 50%. So it's definitely something um, that can assist you um, in this period uh, and just provide you with with that um, increase in lamb survival. That's a pretty good return on investment, and you know, and a particularly what looks to be a really effective stopgap for people that are, um, you know, facing a, a lambing during you know the, the colder months. So that's a, a handy um, bit of information to know. The other thing I just wanted to touch on is a little bit about water infrastructure, Hilary, if we can. Like we saw plenty of footage of people's destroyed water infrastructure, you know, tanks that have been melted and, and the like. Um, how would you recommend people assess their remaining water infrastructure and how to meet their livestock needs, particularly their peak livestock needs, which is what we know we have, have to sort of budget for when we're putting uh, water infrastructure together? Yeah. So um, the first thing to do is definitely map um, the interconnecting paddocks um, or watering systems across the farm, um, particularly if you are refencing to different areas or different zones, uh, as discussed before, um, just to avoid that risk of uh, water issues being caused by complex systems. Um, it's just an important uh, thing to be organised in in that regard. So just map out your watering systems on farm. Um, when you're looking at um, implementing watering systems, knowing your water requirements, um, so your livestock water requirements at different times of the year that will be inhabiting that paddock. Um, so for example, a lactating cow requires 40 to 100 litres per head per day. Um, obviously, as, as the weather gets hotter, um, they require, you know, right up to that limit of 100 litres per head per day. So it's really making sure that, you know, if you are 
autumn carver in March and you get a 35, 40 degree day, um, making sure that, that there is enough water um, for those livestock require that livestock requirement um, is really, really um, important. Uh, flow rates, um, obviously uh, the, you know, making sure that stock have access to water um, when they need it. So when they actually go for a drink, um, making sure that the water is there. So uh, flow rate in that respect um, is going to be really important as your um, flock or mob size or herd size increases, you're going to need a um, increased flow rate. So uh, for mob sizes of two to 3,000 DSE, you're looking at a suggested flow rate of one and a half to two litres per second. Mobs that are greater than 5,000 DSE, you're looking at um, a flow rate of greater than three litres per second per second, so pretty high um, volumes there. So yeah, just um, making sure that um, you have thought about all those um, key areas uh, to avoid you know, an, any unnecessary errors um, and get expert help with this as well. You know, your local store or producers in your area. Um, yeah, again, just to avoid any unnecessary area, errors yeah, I guess some um, under delivery of waters, you know, fraught with with danger and not something that you really want to find out about the hard way. So a little bit of um, uh, investigation at the outset if you're looking to um, replace water infrastructure won't go astray. Hilary, just as we wrap up our little chat now, some of this sounds like fairly specialised investigation and analysis um, and quite individualised, I guess. And how, like, for somebody who who's sort of you know not sure exactly how to to calculate their return on investments or prioritise some of those um you know infrastructure and and capital expenditures, how would you recommend someone find a pathway forward to give them a really well informed position for such a rebuild? Yeah, so um, as I said before. Um, it's really important to seek professional help if you are feeling overwhelmed. Um, there is a great initiative out at the moment with the Back to Business uh, Consultancy Program, uh, which um, allows producers access to three free consultancy sessions. Um, uh, those who were affected um, by the bushfires earlier on in the year, um, just to help you out with any sort of areas um, you feel like you might be struggling or where you might like some, uh, you know, additional guidance in. Um, Home Sackett, um, so Sandy, um, John and myself are consultants. Uh, Home Sacket are also the New South Wales coordinators of the program. Um, so when you uh, ring through um, uh, on the Home Sacket number, it will be 02-6925-1758 or just find us at homesacket.com.au. Um, we'll put you in contact with someone who is already accredited with the Back to Business program as a uh, farm management consultant or if someone that is local um, or that you have used in your business previously uh, is accredited with the program, um, then we can, um, you know, get um, you two engaged and get you on track 
for those um, consultancy sessions. So um, yeah, find out more through uh, the Home Sacket or the MLA website. Um, and yeah, it's it's a really great program, and I really encourage anyone who is fire affected um, to to take advantage of it because it's um, you know it, it could really set you up for the next twelve months and beyond. Absolutely, it sounds like a, a fabulous. Well, it is a fabulous program, Hilary, and um, something that um, I'd encourage all all of. Um, anybody who's fire affected to to jump on board and, and find out a little bit more about it because I know I mean three days of of a consultant's times you know to really set your business back on on the pathway for success is is really something that um, doesn't come along all the time so it's something I'd certainly recommend people um, take up I guess the other thing just as we finish I just wanted to um, to mention also that there's just so much information available. There's so many programs, there's so much um, assistance available. Um, there's plenty of places that you can um, you know access that assistance. Um, we had a webinar a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, about where assistance is um, available from uh, the Rural Assistance Authority, Drought Hub, Fire Hub. I think there's um, any number of, of disaster sort of touch points there for you know depending on, on what it is that people have um, endured and um, I'd suggest that they um, you know jump online if they can or, or speak to a rural resilience officer to give them a little bit of a, um, a heads up on the pathway forward. So Hilary thanks again for your time today. Um, I've enjoyed the, the catch up about um, uh, prioritising farm infrastructure. It's certainly very specialised but it's something that um, you know a little bit of um, you know informed decision making now and, and planning certainly you know could potentially be reaping rewards beyond the next 12 months and certainly you know into over the next you know several years and, and beyond so thanks again for catching up with us today Hilary. No worries thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Back to Business podcast, a partnership of Meat and Livestock Australia, Australian Wool Innovation, Integrity Systems Company and Sheep Connect New South Wales. The next instalment of this podcast will be focusing on livestock, health, welfare and biosecurity during rebuild with Dr Gillian Kelly. In the meantime, if you're finding this information really useful, we would love for you to share this podcast amongst your own networks and appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes so that other farmers can find this back-to-business podcast.